0: Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple Follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing. God's Word. Today we continue with our sermon series through the book of Hebrews. Today we we jump a few chapters to where we first started last week. We started last week with Hebrews chapter 1, those opening words, those opening phrases to a congregation that has grown into apathy, if you remember that. Certainly there's persecution falling around there and people are falling away because of that reason. Certainly there's other doctrines that are there and people are falling away for that reason. But by and large, the people who are in Hebrews are falling away from this teaching of Jesus simply because of apathy. They found it to be appealing at one point, but over time, as all of us do, other things come up. Other ways to be in the world. We start to say eh I'll go to church today. I'll be a part of the worshiping body today, but today today isn't that day. So we hear the preacher in Hebrews cut straight to the core with these words from chapter 4. Indeed, the preacher says, "The word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare before the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. And since then... We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Friends, these are the words of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Merciful God, we ask that you would place the cross before me, let none see me but you and your grace alone. Speak, speak, O living word, for your servants are listening. Amen. Humanity tends to have one thing that constantly drives it forward, and that one thing might seem like something that wouldn't be the one thing, but it is. It's fear, fear, Fear is a powerful motivator of the human mind. We thrive off of fear as long as that fear is just the right amount and the right kind. Managed to survive for so long. balance of fear in our lives. It is what we, as a species, have managed to survive for so long on. We recognize imminent dangers and then we seek to mitigate these dangers through preeminent intervention for instance there's wild animals that can devour our loved ones so our ancestors they develop stone carvings and various simple machines to offer protection there are diseases in this world that can wipe out mass populations. so we spend tremendous amounts of time and energy developing vaccinations to prevent these diseases we know that when we drive to and from church or anywhere that we can get in a car accident. So with just the right amount of fear, we put in seat belts and airbags to prevent harm. We realize that planes can crash, so we put in ventilation masks so that you don't pass out before you hit the ground. You see, we constantly look at what can hurt or what can harm, and then we try to solve it. Our fears, they mobilize us towards preventative action. And typically, these are all healthy ways to work out our fear. We work them out towards a common good for all. But there are, however, some unhealthy ways to deal with our fears as well. And the primary way in which we do that, unfortunately, is through concealment. We all have thoughts in our minds concerning who we are as we stand before the other in our midst. What would this person think of me if they really knew me? What would this corporation think of me? Would they hire me still if they knew that during my interview of my past mistakes or my current struggles. Will this church accept me and my family if they knew we didn't meet the norms that society has set? We all have fears. We all have something that doesn't quite meet what we think the expectation of the other standing in front of us says that we should meet. So what we do is we take these fears And we bury them. We bury them deep inside. And friends, things like social media have helped tremendously in the concealing nature of such fears. As now, at any given point in our lives, we are able to conceal that which we don't like about ourselves. In the click of the button, we are able to present to the world any picture of ourselves that we want, even if that picture of ourselves is not the true version of who we really are. But friends, it doesn't have to be social media that we use to hide ourselves, to conceal ourselves from others. Because most of us live a social media life as soon as we step outside of the doors of our homes. We live our physical tweets, we live our Facebook updates, we live our Instagram photos as we carefully script each and every step of our lives that we want others to see. And as we become proficient in the skill, like the 2002 movie, of becoming masters of disguise, we realize that to the world, we actually become less of who we really are. So in our lesson from Hebrews today, we continue with this apathetic congregation as the preacher makes a stern warning to the congregation that seems to be falling away based on their own volition. They're growing Malise. They're not taking the way of Jesus as seriously or as important as they once had before. The preacher in Hebrews offers a stern warning to people who felt as though, "Eh, I can still be a Jesus follower by day and a pagan by night. Those whose lives were being hidden or concealed behind the facade of some other disguise that they chose to put on in public for the world to see, while thinking that their private lives could simply be that, just private. see the preacher of hebrews he cues up the congregation in the way that he did to start the sermon if you remember from last week the the writer from hebrews says in the beginning god spoke in ways of old to the prophets and then god has spoken again to us in a son so he starts off by saying do you remember Do you remember how this God had spoken before and how this God has spoken to us again in Jesus? Well, the preacher says, this God still speaks today. And his words are active. But his words are not just active, these words are penetrating. They're like a double-edged sword, he says. So sharp are these words that they are not able just to separate the physical, i.e., bone from marrow. They are so sharp that they are able to separate the eternal soul from spirit. This God who speaks, this God in whom you live, move, and have your being, this God's words penetrate and they separate. The same way that the high priest goes and separates the sacrificed lamb, splitting it into two for the whole world to see that nothing inside or outside can ever be hidden from God. That's a tough word to hear. And it's a tough word to hear because all of us, if you're like me, I go through a tremendous amount of effort to conceal my private life. My private life is that. It's mine. I only want others to see what I want them to see. Who is this God that's trying to tell me that his words are so powerful that what I thought was private will be made public? That before God there really isn't such a distinction as private and public anymore. A God who says the facades that you put on are just a waste of time because I already know the real you. You see, this word from the preacher is intended to cause a sense of fear amongst its first century hearers. And if we are a people who still believe that God speaks today, it should add a touch of fear into our own time as well. Everything will be laid bare before God. That's terrifying. For as the preacher says, before this God in whom we worship, nobody receives a license to conceal. You might be able to hide your best self that you put out there for the world to see while concealing your inner doubts and struggles, but before this God, nothing is hidden and nothing is concealed. We are opened and we are exposed. All of the mess of my life and your life, it's laid naked before God. Are you squirming yet? What a terrifying experience to know the things that we try so hard to mitigate, to press down, to put out the way, are the very things that are exposed for all to see. That the God who is the eternal judge looks at our mess, looks at who we are as we stand before him. The God who is the eternal judge seeing me and seeing you for who we really are all of our best efforts to hide, all of our last ditch moments to conceal, all for naught exposed before the infinite. Terrifying. It makes us wonder why we even try to conceal anything when you walk into these doors. We might conceal it from each other, but it's already open before God. And yet, while we squirm in our seats, as we are just about to be washed away in our own self disgust, the preacher fills us in on a little secret. The same God who is the eternal judge, he's also the eternal high priest. The same God that asks each of us for account of our lives is also the same God who offers His account for us in Christ. The same God that says that our weaknesses and shame are laid before Him, the things we want no one else to see, the things that we are ashamed of, is the same God who is able to empathize with them because He has become like we are. The same God who is our judge and is also The same God who is also the giver of all grace. The same God whose words are able to cut and to destroy and are to hurt is also the same God whose words grant us the capacity to heal and to be bound up. Therefore, the preacher concludes, if we have such a high priest, If we have such a high priest, let's not run from our past. Let's not run from our shortcomings. Let's not any longer conceal our doubts. Let's no longer live double lives. Instead, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. For we have a God who has seen the mess of our lives. The mess of our lives that have been laid bare before him. Everything that we wanted no one else to see, God has seen it. And instead of judgment, he has offered us all mercy. Instead of our shame, he's offered us all grace. Grace. We no longer have a license to conceal. We no longer can be a congregation that hides who we really are. For we are a body being made one by the one who opens us, reveals us, and binds us back together. We no longer have a license to conceal. For all has been seen. All has been brought to the light. And all, and I do mean all, is offered a word of mercy at the throne of grace. And may that be something in which we can say is offered to us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.